podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Nah, 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 nah. No, no, no. We're going to get this right. We're going to do Eddie this. That's Eddie Kingston. He's one of the dirtiest fighters in independent wrestling. You talk about grinding. You talk about living this rough life, all that jazz. No one's going to outgrind you, all that stuff. My man, it's easy to say that when you grew up around used to be legends like Arn Anderson. Yeah, you heard me. Keep shooting murder ones at me, and I'll knock your jaw right off your face, partner. You know what I grew up around? You know what I grew up around? Alcoholics. Junkies! I grew up around that! And I had to survive! I had to grind! You couldn't last a day in my shoes! So you don't tell me nothing about grinding! You talk about the sport of pro wrestling? That's a joke! Because every person you faced has been a child! I am a grown-ass man! And I will put you in the ground and smile. But here's the best part about this whole thing. The guy that you like to mention because you like to be best friends with the boss, Tony Khan, (laughs) paid me to show up. And now he's going to pay me to kick your ass and take that championship. Oh, yeah, you want to go? Check the arm. I swear on my beautiful mother's eyes. If you don't shut up, I'm gouging your eye out. All right? Let me speak. It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geekly's AEW Podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we are back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT, episode 42. Uh, And this, sir, was... I don't know if this was necessarily the best night 
for in-ring, at least for my tastes, but um, it was a good night for in-ring, and I think an even better night in terms of story progression and promos, and dude, holy shit, did we start off hot in that regard. So the show opens cold with Cody already in the ring for his TNT championship title defense when he is interrupted by his opponent. So on TV or not on TV on Twitter, uh, Tony Khan had noted that they were bringing in a top independent professional wrestler to face Cody. And the, I don't know if you saw any of this or any of the talks surrounding it, but a lot of people thought it might've been Chris hero. Which would have been really, really? Cool. that that I totally forgot Hero was out there. Um, I still think of him as an NXT guy, even though he was released some time ago. Um, that would have been really cool, but it was not him. It was the King, Eddie Kingston, and <laughs> holy fuck, did he cut a goddamn great promo coming out here, talking about how Cody says that he has to grind for everything he's got. He's like, but, you know, like, look at where you grew up. Do you know where I grew up? Do you know what I dealt with growing up? Alcoholics, drug addicts, violence, all this shit. He's like, I had to grind to pull myself out from, you know, from where I was. You wouldn't last a day, you know, living my life, uh, you know, a day in my shoes, that sort of thing. And uh, says that, you know, it's funny that Tony Khan is the boss of AEW and he's Cody's buddy. But Tony Khan hired him to come kick Cody's ass. And he said he wants a no DQ match. And Tony Khan said, that's fine. You just got to get Cody to agree with it. Uh, And he insults Cody. And Cody, of course, agrees with it. And then we get Cody defending the TNT championship against Eddie Kingston. And uh, Kingston jumps him at the intro, not even at the bell. And there's a lot of brawling back and forth between the two, especially on the outside. At one point, Eddie tweaks his knee and my God, can this man sell? I thought, I thought he was legit hurt. Same. I bought that hook, line and sinker. Holy, he's tremendous. It's been a little bit (laughs) since I've seen Eddie Kingston. I think the last time I saw Eddie Kingston was when he was like grand, uh, like the grand champion in Chikara. So that was many years ago. Um, oh man, I still see him on the regular. He does a lot of GCW shows and mm-hmm. um, insane championship wrestling. So Eddie Kingston, he's still the man. But he was I, good. I agree with you. He was good then. He appears to have gotten infinitely better. I thought he was tremendous in this match. Um, so a ton of exchanges though. Uh, Eddie's still keeping up the fight, even though his knee is a little tweaked. Eventually, Kingston manages to take full control on Cody. But his knee is in bad shape, which, of course, course, Cody starts targeting. But Eddie Kingston just will not give up control. Brings out thumbtacks, powerbombs Cody onto the thumbtacks. Gives him a backdrop, but Cody rolls onto his feet. Has fighting spirit. Gives Kingston a big lariat. Puts him in the figure four. And because of Eddie's bad knee, taps out and Cody retains the championship. What did you think of the opener? Yeah, I, I was quite impressed. I'm I'm right with you there. The the selling of this man. Ridiculous. Hey, like he legitimately fought like a hurt man would. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I Eddie Kingston was a huge surprise for me. That didn't even register as a choice. My thought was it's either going to be Warhorse mm-hmm. or it's going to be Matt Cardona. That's yeah. who I was sold on. I hadn't even thought of Chris Hero, but that makes perfect sense. Um, just <sighs> I watch a lot of wrestling where deathmatch stuff, you know, thumbtacks is nothing there. Yeah. Uh, but it just, like, for whatever reason in this match, it really stood out and it mm-hmm. was really impressive to me. Like everything they did made sense. And it was just everything you want in a wrestling match Yeah, uh, on the edge of my seat the entire time. And I loved how much fun JR was having. <laughs> he yelled Tope suicide and he goes, <laughs> I always wanted to do that. <laughs> Jim, Tony Giovanni's like, Oh, great job, Jim. Yeah. Put him and, over. And I love and I love that they really sold uh, Eddie's inspiration that this is an opportunity he's not going to let slide through his finger- fingers. Yeah. He had to sell his wrestling boots to pay for his mortgage because of COVID times. Like, yep. just, it makes me hope that they hire him because Holy he God. would be, yeah. so, oh my God, he would be such a great part addition to their roster in any yeah. capacity. Um, but yeah, hell of an amazing match. I went three and three quarter stars. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I thought this match was great. Kingston is an amazing promo. Like, Mm. in a company full of great promos, like, Eddie Kingston just comes off as, like, the realest person. Yes. Uh, And, I mean, that's really saying something. There's a lot of great promos in AEW. And holy shit, is he good. Like, I just I hang on his words. He's like Jake Roberts for me. Where it's like, I just can't not hang on every word this guy says i think he's um i think he's tremendous and i thought the match was great uh kudos to cody for deciding to land in thumbtacks he was covered in them like just (laughs) a ton on his back and on his arm uh it it felt like it went a little short for my like i feel like i was enjoying that match so much i think it could have let it go on a little bit longer but I, agree. Uh, I will be very upset if Eddie Kingston does not end up signing with AEW from this because holy shit, uh, tremendous. I went three and a half stars. Grapple 3.84. Hell yeah. They they love that match. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that's awesome. Like It seems like me and Grapple were on a similar page there. They're almost closer to four stars though than I am. And yeah. At- I, that that was tough for me because just I, I agree with you. The match was too short, but mm-hmm. everything they did was fantastic. Like I can't I can't complain about anything really other than time. Uh, John Moxley is in the back somewhere. He says that he's a straight shooter. He said what he was going to do to Brian Cage, and he did. But he's got to give kudos to Taz, Manager of the Year, because he would have pulled the tendon right off of his bone. But Taz made the right call and threw in the towel, and he said. Next time, he's not going to let go. Uh, then we get MJF in action against Griff Garrison. And uh, MJF mocks this fool, talks about how he's undefeated, and Griff Garrison points out that he lost the tag team match, uh, I believe, at, uh, was it Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen? Uh, oh, Fighter Fest. Yeah. Uh, and this angers MJF, so he beats the shit out of this kid. Uh, it was essentially a long squash match that went through a commercial break. And when they got back from the break, MJF con- uh, continued this obsession uh, and got on the microphone and then beat on Griff Garrison until Griff was forced to admit that MJF was undefeated. However, in doing all of this, 
he almost lost. Garrison gave him a schoolboy, almost pinned MJF's shoulders to the mat, and then MJF got up, beat the shit out of him some more, hit him with the heat seeker, and uh, got the victory. What did you think of MJF and Griff Garrison? Um, I love that they played up the joke that they've been doing on BTE where everyone calls Griff Garrison Jungle Boy. <laughs> oh, because uh, he's like a taller Jungle Boy, kind of? Exactly. Yeah. They did a great bit, I want to say, like two weeks ago. where called him Jungle um, Man, I think. He did call him Jungle Man. Um, there was like a bit a couple weeks ago where uh, one of the members of the Dark Order said that they had gotten Jungle Boy to join and Brody got all excited and they walk in there and he's like, that's not Jungle Boy, you fucking idiot. This is Griff Garrison. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. like, who? That's awesome. <laughs> um, obviously, it's more for the character building here than the actual wrestling, but it was very entertaining just because we got MJF on the mic. Um, I ended up only going two stars on this one, mm-hmm. but you know, great stuff for TV. Like I was fully entertained the whole time. I agree. 100%. Uh, great character stuff for MJF here. And I also went to stars grapple on the grapple app, gave it 2.07. So mm. boom, look at that. We are in sync. <laughs> uh, Dr. Britt Baker's conspiracy tour continues backstage with, uh, Rebel and uh, Tony Schiavone. And she says, despite all of this, despite all of the uh, the setbacks and all of the conspirators, she is set for the biggest comeback of all time. Talks about some of the world's greatest comebacks and then mentions and Michael Jordan when he came back to play with the Wizards. And Tony Schiavone's like, whoa, Michael Jordan's great and of his comebacks, you know, he's like, the Wizards didn't even make the playoffs. And Britt's like, why do you got to be such an asshole, Tony? Uh, <laughs> and then Rebel pipes in with like, I mean, I love Michael Jordan. Like, he's in Space Jam and he, him and the Toons always beat the Monstars every time. Yeah, I've seen it like six times. They always win. win. That was such a good line. And then Britt, upset, just goes, oh, whatever. I'm Michael Jordan, she says. Uh, God, I, that was great. I love Brit. Um, to mention at the start of this, when they're trying to just interview Rebel and they try to get clarification, is it Reba? Is it Rebel? She tries to say her name, and Brit yells, Reba! <laughs> so good. I love all of this. They're awesome together. Uh, then Taz comes out with Brian Cage. Taz fully admits that because of the way the match ended at Fight for the Fallen, Brian Cage was close to firing Taz. But cooler heads prevailed, said throwing in the towel was a business decision, uh, that Brian Cage will never be in that position again, that uh, you know he gives Moxley credit for his armbar technique. Uh, but Brian Cage, there's a reason he's the FTW champion. He wouldn't tap. He'd never tap. Tapping is not hardwired into his brain. And Taz did not want his man out on the shelf for another six months. So that's why he threw in the towel. And then Darby Allen comes out, but is attacked from behind by Ricky Starks, whom they noted was helping out Brian Cage on AEW Dark. And this allowed Brian Cage to powerbomb the shit out of Darby Allen until John Moxley comes out and makes the save, I believe, setting up for a tag team match at some point. So uh, what did you think of all of that? 
I loved it. I love the explanation that basically Taz is like, I have all the faith in the world that he would have won the title anyways, but is it worth it for him to win the title and then be out six months again? Nah, nah. It's yeah, a yeah, business yeah. decision. Like, really great way of of saving that ending. And um, I got to say, man, I feel sick sometimes watching Darby take bumps, man. Because oh, holy sh- Yeah. I keep thinking, I'm like, God, he's going to be injured again after what he's done to him. But Ridiculous. A freak of nature. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed this segment, and it's set up what should be a fun tag match next week. So, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of tags, they announced the Deadly Draw Women's Tag Team Tournament uh, that is going to be happening, or at least starting in a few weeks. I believe they said eight teams. Um, so that should be interesting and a way to put the, uh, the women's division more in the spotlight. There is a Chris Jericho promo backstage with Alex Marvez and he, they talk shit about Jurassic express, but I need to talk more about, uh, the thing that made me laugh, which nobody else would have probably experienced. And that is in the middle of this promo, there is a glitch. I don't believe you probably got it on your feed, but, uh, the, this, there is a time jump. And it's right when Chris Jericho said, he's like, hey, Marvez, what color is this suit? And he's like, it's orange. And he's like, what color is it supposed to be? He's like, it's supposed to be white. And then Jericho goes off about how expensive this shirt is. He's supposed to say $7,000 jacket. But this is exactly how my feed played out. He goes, that jacket costs $7. <laughs> like, there is a glitch there were the video jumps and misses thousand and he just says seven dollars and <laughs> i died laughing i went back and rewound this a bunch of times and it has just played it over and over again seven dollar jacket which by the way not bad for seven bucks oh, not bad at all i also like that he ended the promo by going do i still smell like orange juice and they're like yeah damn it <laughs> <laughs> you stink um Young Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade, essentially in a backstage brawl match. As the match literally starts backstage, literally starting in the kitchen with Butcher and Blade literally butchering raw meat. Uh, They take their time to wash their hands, and then they start brawling. A crazy brawl. Um, Matt, uh, at one point, Matt dives out of the back of a truck bed tons of like momentum changes like there people are getting power bombed onto carts i believe matt was hitting butcher and blade with raw meat at one point uh my favorite spot of the match is when they're fighting by escalators and the young bucks double super kick the blade and he gets knocked out and falls backwards onto the escalator and in a passed out manner rides the escalator to the top uh, I thought that was pretty great. And that leads is actually that leads into a commercial break when they're back. They have the butcher. They're double teaming him and they're back at the ringside. So um, they're doing that for a little bit. When blade finally makes his way back with a chair, there's diving bodies everywhere. Blade misses a dive badly to the outside. I think he's tr- trying to do a tope can hero through, I believe Matt Jackson through a table, but completely misses almost does like a 450 where he goes head first under the table. Not great. Um, Young Bucks make a comeback, uh, but they're cut off. Butcher and Blade hit uh, full death on the ramp on Nick. 
They pull out these tables onto the stage, but that takes forever. So the young bucks cut them off and put them on the table and they do double dives off of the stage through the tables onto butcher and blade and the young bucks get the win a crazy brawl. What did you think, Nick? Oh, my, my first thought while watching this is why was this not on fighter fest? This seems more pay-per-view quality Mm -hmm. than some of the other stuff we've seen. Um, I thought it was great. It was a fantastic brawl. Although (laughs) I will say sometimes, sometimes you just watch something and you focus on something for no reason at all. And my thought was, man, that poor animal had to die just for that steak to get wasted. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they just, they just used it to punch people with. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, man, this thing is just wasted. Um, I also happened to notice. Don't waste your meat. I happened to notice some fun little things. Like I noticed in the truck, there was a sign that said uh, mud show on it. Oh, that's Um, funny. I didn't see that. That's perfect for something like this. And then of course we saw, um, I believe it was uh, Nick Jackson get rammed into the truck, right into his body on the truck. Yeah. His face on his part of it. Yes. That was pretty awesome. (laughs) It looked like uh, the senton he did was kind of like oh, uh, an homage to uh, Sabu, um, like an Arabian senton with that uh, that he had under his like That was pretty cool. That's right. Um, so many cool little spots in this stuff. I never thought I would like the Butcher and Blade as much as I did, but I think they really pulled out a hell of a match here. Mm-hmm. Um, so much crazy stuff. That double table spot at the end was spectacular. I had no expectations going into this match, and they way over delivered, in my opinion. Yeah, um, didn't expect why, I, and I ended up giving it a pretty high score because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up four stars. I Ooh, wow. was entertained to the fullest. I thought this should have been on pay per view. It was that good. Yeah, I like the match uh, not as much, almost as much as you, but I really like the match as well. Uh, way over delivered what I was expecting, and they had. Uh, it reminded me of like uh, those old Attitude Era hardcore matches that WWF would have back in the day, except with a lot more innovation and fun to them. Um, like all like that whole bit in the 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 kitchen area was they're they're doing so much stuff just in there. Uh, that was a ton of fun. Uh, really enjoyed it. I went three and a half stars. And Grapple went 3.81. So right there with you, man. Yeah. Thanks, Scraps. Mm-hmm. Uh, then this may have actually been my favorite thing on the show. It's hard to say. I, I liked a lot of stuff on the show, but uh, this could have been my favorite thing on the show, which was Alex Marvez trying to catch up with Jake Roberts and Lance Archer. And uh, Lance Archer was mad that they've they're feeling ignored right now and decided to go take it out on a locker room full of small men. And he murders everybody in this locker room while Jake Roberts is calmly talking to Marvez about like how they're upset. Like, ah, we're getting overlooked and blah, blah, blah. While Archer literally launches a dude into the ceiling. Like it was comically great. And then like literally turns him upside down and throws him into a garbage can. Like, I, I don't know if this guy was a stuntman or something, but Archer, like, like beat the crap out of this guy. Uh, this was awesome. I, I loved how goofy and great this was because Jake Roberts was just like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, we're so frustrated. Like no one's paying any attention. It's like, I told you something like this would happen. And he is just killing these men. 
I I loved it. Uh, what did you think of this uh, tremendous segment, Nick? Oh, it was excellent. It's funny because it went from me thinking that Archer was going to kill Marvez to him yes. taking out an entire locker room of guys. It's like, yeah, we'll leave him because we need the microphone. Yeah, and that's about- <laughs> you are a microphone stand, Alex Marvez. Yes. Yes, uh, running up to his, uh, his, uh, I guess, every room. Yeah, the poor dudes in that locker room really took a beating. Um, so, uh, then if the uh, the entrance tunnels are to be believed, we had a heel versus heel match with Diamante and Ivelisse. Uh, there's also a like a split screen promo for Big Swole telling Britt Baker that she's coming for her. Uh, the match itself, not a ton to it. A lot of back and forth, and these girls hit hard. Like, a lot of nonstop back and forth hard hitting. Uh, at one point, Ivelisse hits a Blue Thunderbomb variant for a two-count on Diamante. Um, and then, like, uh, you know, they go back to clubbing each other, and uh, Ivelisse comes charging at Diamante, who just gets her in a flash cradle and gets the win. Uh yeah, I thought this was average. It w- it wasn't as good as I was hoping for, but they really hit each other hard. Uh, but there wasn't a lot to the match, though, either. I agree. It was. Um, I mean, it was. It kind of stood out just because of how how hard of a brawl it was. But I do. I was kind of disappointed at the lack of wrestling in the match. Like yeah. strikes are cool and it can work well, but I just wanted. to out of them and it was kind of short too on top of that mm-hmm. um I ended up only giving it two and a quarter star so hopefully we get a little something more next time yeah i wasn't expecting diamante to win i wonder if that means they're not signing ivelisse right now or what's going on but uh i wasn't expecting diamante to get the win but i i thought it was good for what it was um I too would have would have liked more wrestling in it. I think uh, instead of the straight brawling, but man, these girls hit each other hard. I went uh, two and a half stars. Grapple two point three eight. So okay. in, in the middle, for sure. Then we got the number five versus Hangman Adam Page. Although we learned that the number five is Alan Angels, which I guess maybe they recruited him on Dark or something. Maybe. Uh, and he was announced as Alan Five Angels, which is hilarious, but not as hilarious as Adam Page's lower third graphic, uh, which said something along the lines of like, wants to see how this wrist, this white wrist tape turns out or whatever. Uh, Hangman Page trying a new look this week, uh, going with the white wrist tape. That's a good look. It uh, is. And that really made Classic. me laugh. Yes. And that really made me laugh out loud. It's like, wants to see how this white tape, this white wrist tape turns out. Uh, that's all he's interested in this week. Just wants to try out this new look, see how it is. Uh, it's essentially a competitive squash for a little bit uh, until the break, uh, because that's when the Dark Order shows up on the ramp. Uh, and this distraction gives five the advantage, however short-lived. And Adam Page beats him with a powerbomb. Uh, before we talk about the uh, the post-match, what did you think of the match? Uh, I will say that uh, there's probably more to the post-match than there is the actual match itself. It was fine, you know. Got to see Hangman uh, whoop some ass, which mm-hmm. is always fun. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, 
definitely nothing offensive going on, but it was just a short kind of squash match. Yeah. Um, where'd you give it? Uh, two and a half stars. Yeah, that's what I gave it to. Two and a half. Uh, Grapple liked it more than we did, man. 2.78. Two and three quarters, oh. essentially. Eh, I mean, People we're close. love the drunk cowboy. Yeah, we're, <laughs> I mean, we're close. Um, so post-match, Mr. Brody comes down and pitches Dark Order to Hangman. Says that he's alarmed at his lack of friends or tag partners with such overwhelming odds. And if he were to join Dark Order, they would never leave him alone at the bar or at ringside. He would always have friends in the Dark Order. And uh, Hangman Page is like, look, I'm really flattered with all the comments and whatnot, but, you know, I don't think I'm really ready to join a cult in this point in time in my life. And uh, not ready to join a cult. And by the way, you know who's selling the shit out of this on the ramp? Colt Cabana. Because he heard that word and he tells to Stu Grayson, he's like, Colt? And Stu Grayson's like, no, 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 don't listen to him. Uh, <laughs> good shit. Uh, by the way, speaking of which, because yeah, Brody comes out with Colt Cabana and I love the little bit of story they did here with Colt Cabana, which is when Brody leaves because he's like, you made a big mistake and he goes and whispers into Uno's ear, essentially, go kick his ass. But he takes Colt Cabana with him, does Brody Lee, so that Colt Cabana doesn't witness the underhanded tactics of the Dark Order because uh, he is still grooming him to join Dark Order. Uh, even though he did come out with his Doom Doom Colt Cabana shirt, uh, which I guess he doesn't realize the, the spelling error on that one. Um, but... Dark Order get into the ring. They start beating the shit out of Adam Page when he is saved, not by Kenny, but by FTR. They save him, and then Kenny comes out, but too late for any of the saving. And FTR shakes Hangman's hand, and they give him a beer, and they're really... uh, They're they're so heavily teasing this. He's going to turn on Kenny to be with FTR and there's this talk that there's going to be some sort of horseman group with FTR as the team and two other people joining. Um, they're really teasing this so much so that I know it's not hangman page, but they're doing a great job of teasing it. What did you think of that? Oh man, this, this is like one of the best segments of the week, just because it serves so many storylines. Like you got to see the Colt Cabana interaction. Mm-hmm. You got to see the hangman page, Kenny dissension. You got to see FTR, Maybe playing mind games in a sense to, you know, work out a future title shot. Yep. Dark Order shined here. Like, this is everything you want yeah. in storytelling. AEW, do this yeah, they're, all the time. Like, they're very good at accomplishing this. Show, you don't need anger matches for every segment of the show. Mm-hmm. If you tack some story on that makes sense and makes everybody highlighted in a positive way, this was yeah. Awesome. Uh, main event, Inner Circle versus Jurassic Express. It's all heels early on. Luchasaurus being worked on uh, by Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Uh, eventually, he gets the tag to Jungle Boy, who runs wild for a little bit, but then Jericho cuts him off right before the commercial break, and Jungle Boy gets worked over for many minutes. Uh, it feels like a really long time that they work him over and several times they prevent him from getting the tag to Luchasaurus, but eventually he does and he gets in, goes crazy. Uh, Jungle Boy wipes out Santana and Ortiz. So it looks like there are no recourses left, but then Serpentico 
gets up from ringside. Uh, one of the wrestlers on the heel side of the aisle uh, gets up and attacks Luchasaurus with the baseball bat. And Jericho hits Luchasaurus with the code breaker and gets the win. Uh, after the match, the beating continues and Serpentico unmasks to reveal himself as Sammy Guevara, who has returned to television and they continue to beat on him. Um, uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy until Orange Cassidy and the best friends run out and they announce uh, the main event for next week, which would be a 10 man tag involving uh, all of these teams. So what did you think of the main event? I thought the main event was fine. It's great to see uh, Jungle Boy doing his thing in the ring. Mm -hmm. um, he got a lot of action here. Um, I, I will say this. I think I kind of noticed the... Because this thought came through my mind when they did a uh, close-up of uh, Pentaco. Yeah. They zoomed in on him earlier in the night, and he has contacts. And, and then yeah. they do it again. And I'm like, that's not the same person. They did a switcheroo. Yes. <laughs> they did. So I, I knew that. I was like, well, they're highlighting him for a reason, and that's not the same person. So yeah. that messed with me a little bit. Um, but great way to bring Sammy back to TV. The match itself was fine. It didn't – I think one of the coolest parts was that assisted um, Hurricane Rana that Jungle Boy did with um, – Luchasaurus, where he took out Santana, who then proceeded to knock out Ortiz. That was that such was, a cool spot. That was good. Yeah, the bowling pin stuff. That was good stuff. Oh, for sure. So it's great to see these guys in the ring anytime you can get them together. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was more there for story than it was for actual match, but um, I still ended up giving it a three. I thought it was fine for what it was. Yeah, and I even liked it slightly more than you, giving it three and a quarter. Ooh. Um, Ooh. But yeah, I really liked this. I liked reintroducing Sammy Guevara. Uh, all good stuff. Uh, and the ne and the match next week should be a lot of fun too. So really looking forward to that. Grapple gave it 3.1. So yeah, we're in the ballpark a little bit on that one too. Uh, it seemed like, yeah, it seems like we're all in good shape there when it comes mm -hmm. to grapple and you and I, so we're still good friends this week. Um, <laughs> that was the case on the on the last NXT podcast as well is that we were all kind of in sync as well. Uh, which doesn't always happen. So not bad, sir. And we've got a pretty big show to look forward to next week as well. So in the meantime, head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time and hear us talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT featuring the best friends and friends versus the inner circle.